0: you're listening to the diet rebel podcast with kiki smith if you're a woman who hates the idea of having to choose between loving your body and changing it then you are a diet rebel and this podcast is for you in this podcast we talk about everything from loving your body exactly as it is now to becoming the most fit lean and toned you've ever been no matter how old you are How many tiny humans you've birthed, or how many times you've lost and regained the same 15 or 50 pounds. Seriously, you don't want to miss it. So grab a snack, preferably protein-based, and sit back and enjoy this episode. Today we're talking about understanding your weigh-in, which I know probably sounds like an oxymoron because I'm always like, preaching like toss the scale, which I still completely stand behind tossing the scale. But I know that a lot of either you guys or your clients are really stubborn and they're gonna do it anyway. So they need to understand what is going on with the scale if they're gonna continue using the scale anyways. So first understand, the first thing you have to know about the scale is that BMI and all the stuff that we were teaching for all those years, what you're hearing still in a lot of doctors' offices, which is really shocking, is completely outdated. Like, it is not even a good indicator of like diseases and stuff like that. Like all these things that we thought that BMI was good for, it's not, your scale weight, like BMI is basically just like how tall you are and how much you weigh, like mixed together, which those two things mixed together mean nothing when you are eating and working out the way that I typically will tell you to. So if you're eating properly and you're working out, a lot of times the scale does not mean anything. Not to mention. that uh, body fat percentage is is gonna be a better indicator. And we all have to remember that oftentimes when people are striving for weight loss or fat loss, they're chasing a look. So sometimes we get too wrapped up in the weight and we don't realize that you're chasing a look. And just because the scale is moving doesn't mean you're getting any closer to that look. And just because the scale is not moving, doesn't mean that you are any further away from that look. So the scale really, really, really has nothing to do with whether or not you are progressing. So I have to say that. Now, the reason why I jotted down a list of things that affects the scales, because like I said, I know a lot of people are stubborn, and no matter how many times I say, (laughs) or how many times their trainer tells them, like, do not get on the scale, they will still do it. The reason why I'm even gonna go over this list of things, of reasons why the scale would jump around is just so that you can understand how finicky it is anyway. (laughs) Because if you're even going to attempt to nail down like the perfect weigh-in date, like you need to understand that it is like so hard to find like the day to weigh in to get the weight that you need. Just a few things that affect your scale weight. The time of day, week, and month, the time that you're even weighing in is going to affect your scale weight. So this means that when you wake up in the morning, you're gonna weigh a different amount than you weigh after lunch, that you're gonna weigh before you go to bed. The time of week, even like you're gonna probably weigh something different on Monday than you do on Tuesday so a lot of times you know some people kind of sort of get this that's why a lot of like um like with Weight Watchers and stuff like that they try to get you to like weigh in at the same like day and stuff like that but even that's not enough even weighing in at the same time of day is not enough for women the time of month obviously you know we kind of know that but we still like oh well I know it's that time of month but but you don't have any idea it's not even just that time of month it's before during after like there's hormonal fluctuations the whole time so all different things are affecting your ovulation it could um, your not your ovulation your scale weight it could be ovulation it could be your menstrual it could be post menstrual it could be all these other things so the time of day week month all of that ties into your scale weight um the type of workout that you did the, whether the day before or right before. So like, for instance, if you do um, like a cardio workout, you may notice that you lost weight after, like immediately after, like you guys seen that commercial where like the person like weighs themselves and then like goes and like run on the treadmill or something, and they get back on, <laughs> it's like that. Because it's really true. You do lose weight after a good cardio session because sweat is water weight. So you're losing water weight. And typically that's a good way to gauge how much more water you need to put in your body. It's not really a good way to weigh yourself. So if you weigh yourself before your workout and you weigh yourself after and you weigh less, that means you need to replenish your water. That's all that means. It's not like a good thing or it doesn't mean like you actually lost Fat. Because obviously sodium is another factor that affects your weight because if you, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day and they didn't understand that, um, how sodium affected the water weight because she thought that if she drank more water, that's why she was gaining the water weight. Eating a lot of sodium, a lot of processed foods, deli meats, things like that, fast food, stuff that's high in sodium, your body, the sodium causes your body to retain water. If you're retaining water, that means that you need to drink more. Your body is feeling dehydrated, so it's protecting itself from dehydration by holding on to water. So, drinking water doesn't cause you to gain water weight, not drinking water does. So, you want to actually drink enough water so that your body starts to release the water that it's holding on to. So, just something that somebody was confused about with um, the sodium intake so let's see what we talked about time of day week or month the type of workout that you did um which another another thing on that because obviously like i say sweating can cause it if you're sweating too much but people also don't realize that a lifting or an intense hit type workout can cause you to weigh more like the next day so like if you lift it or did an intense interval type workout the day before you weigh in then you're probably retaining some weight from that workout it's not a bad thing and people that lift weights or do a lot of HIT obviously deal with this a lot more because they are almost always retaining water like as soon as you get rid of it you work out again so if you're like really intense then your scale is going to be super jumpy for me I had to get over that because those are the types of workouts that I do so I'm always retaining more water. And the reason why you retain water in those types of workouts, they're called anaerobic workouts. So what happens is those are workouts that are using your muscles. If you're lifting, you get tears in your muscle. And then in order to heal, your body brings water into that area, essentially. So that's why you start holding weight Uh, within the muscle and so the water's in there to kind of aid in healing so there's obviously more scientific ways of describing lactic acid but you may hear about that and that's pretty much all that is so the same thing happens if you're doing a HIIT workout you have a lot of lactic acid so sometimes if your HIIT workout was very leg intense you'll notice that your legs feel kind of puffy the next day or if you lift maybe that body part feels puffy the next day that's why because you have some uh, water retention in there until the lactic acid gets worked out so If you do a lot of hit and lifting, you will probably have a jumpy scale the majority of the time unless you have like a rest week. So for my clients that insist on trying to get like a super accurate weigh in, I tell them like you need to wait until you're like three to four days into a full blown rest week. Like you haven't lifted or done anything for days, you know, maybe some like light walking or yoga or something like that. That's not going to pump water back in if, if you're really trying to see how much of that like because so many people are watching their weight constantly when it does jump for the purposes of working out a lot of times people don't believe it so if you don't believe it take a few days off working out and wear yourself again and you'll see that nine times out of ten the skill will go back down again and another thing about having muscle period like if you're a person that lifts and you do a lot of hits, that means, A, you're probably trying to build muscle, and if you're doing HIT, that means you're trying to do workouts that won't necessarily break the muscle down. So if you are in a lifting state of mind, if you're that type of person, that, which I highly recommend, that you, are, that you have a muscle-building mentality when you're working out because muscle equals metabolism. So if you want your metabolism to stay up, you want to build and keep as much muscle as possible. The caveat to that, if you are addicted to the scale, is that the more muscle you have, the more you're going to weigh, period. Not because muscle weighs more than fat. Not because of anything like that. It's not that muscle makes you fat or anything like that. It's because of what we were talking about, about how the muscle has water in it. And so the more muscle you have, the more water you're going to carry all the time. And that's okay. So we have to really get past the whole water weight thing because it really doesn't matter. And if you're gonna have muscle, then the majority like, of your body is going to be water, which it already is, but it's an even higher percentage than fat. Fat does not carry a lot of water in it. So holding a lot of water is actually a good thing for those that are into muscle building. It just means that if you're going to carry muscle, you got to get used to carrying more water because muscle carries a higher water percentage, period. That's how your body fat percentage is figured out. When you go to get weighed, that's what they're testing is the amount of water that you have. Like that's why they do all different types of testing like that because a person that has more muscle will have more water. A person that has more fat will not carry as much water. And if you think about water and oil, how they don't mix, that's kind of what? That whole thing is about versus like meat, whereas meat can, you know what I mean? Like you can have jerky, you put water in it and it turns back into the meat that it was versus how, you know, if you pour oil into water, they just won't mix. So that just kind of give you a visual of how fat and water don't coincide and muscle and water do. Another one obviously is your clothes. Um, I think most people get that because a lot of people that are like totally obsessed with the scale, they like strip down to nothing to like make sure they get no, you know, extra (laughs) weight on the scale. Oh, the amount of carbs that you ate also weighs in. So, so far we talked about the things that affect your scale weight and it's the time of day, week or month, the type of workout that you did before, lifting and HIIT type workouts cause your scale to be more jumpy than other types of workouts, but they're still better for you. Uh, Whether or not you just finished sweating Sweating causes you to lose water a lot, so then you'll deal with um, scale fluctuations in uh, your clothes uh, The amount of carbs that you're eating is the one that I'm talking about now So if you've eaten a lot of carbs Then you will see carbs can cause you to bloat and retain water So just like all the other things we we're talking about and it's not that carbs are bad. They just cause you to retain water. So all these things, they're, they're not bad things, but it just shows how like you can like really like lose your quality of life chasing after this scale number because so many things affect it. If you're going to cut out everything that ever makes you feel puffy or bloated, it's just, it's not going to work. I am a carb girl. So, you know, I'm not always going to be like ripped 24 seven and guess what? Nobody really is so if anybody who is is probably not living a really good quality of life or they are um, You know That's just their body type, but most of the stuff that you see on like fitness magazines or um, Like the bodybuilders and fitness competitors and stuff on Instagram like they don't look like that all year long They just take a lot of pictures when they do look like that and they post them all year long So just a little tidbit there and now define is not the same as I'm talking about like rip like you know single-digit body fat percentage and stuff like that so a lot of that like unsustainable type look people don't realize that you can eat carbs and still get the body that you want things that affect your scale weight time of day week month type of workouts done lifting and hit cause you to have a jumpy scale but they are the best things for you so you have to get over it if you just finish sweating when you sweat you it, makes your water retention levels fluctuate. So they may go up or down depending. So you'll see that you jump, do cardio and get off. If you lost weight, then you need to replace your water. Um, clothes, obviously your clothes have weight. The amount of carbs that you've eaten before the workout, whether it was that day, or if you had a real, like you carb loaded that night, you know, you kind of like sat on the couch and ate a bunch of chips and all kind of stuff, then you may have a higher weight in the next day um, because of the glycogen retention. Excess sodium. Also, if you have foods in your body, uh, if you have foods that stay in your belly for longer, certain foods take longer to digest, so they're going to hold more weight on the scale. So that's just something to consider. Again, none of these are things that you need to be eliminating. It's just showing you that if you are living a fit lifestyle and you're doing pretty much most of the things that you should be doing, then you're going to have to look at the scale with a grain of salt because a lot of the stuff that causes you to bloat or retain water are actually still really good for you. And the stuff that causes you to not retain water or like, you know, like asparagus and tilapia, that's that's good and most of us know in the fitness industry the things to do before a big event and so we also know like that is not sustainable long term like we are not going to eat those foods all the time like so somehow we sometimes we think that we will but we won't we're not going to survive off of that so uh, the the other one was a foods that if you have foods that are holding weight in your belly they take a long time to digest like that's why most people literally like gain five pounds on like Thanksgiving or something like that you have a lot of food in your belly food carries weight so if you ate you will way more until that food is digested and a lot of people that are super fit eat a lot or they eat often so technically you always have food in your system. Sleeping is another one that uh, a lot of people don't realize like have you ever if you're uh if you were someone who was addicted to the scale like me then you probably notice that you weigh less when you wake up in the morning. Does anyone know why that is? It is from breathing. <laughs> When you're breathing at night, yes, you're losing dehydrated. You're losing water while you sleep because you are just laying there. So that's why when you, you go to sleep and you wake up and even though you haven't gone to the bathroom or anything, you weigh less. It's because you're you're losing water like from your lungs just from breathing. So you're losing water from your lungs while you sleep. So um, yeah, just a little tidbit there. So that's something else that affects your weight. And so that means that if you're used to getting the same amount of sleep all the time, then obviously, or the days that you get more sleep, you may have a better way in. But the days that like if you're hardly ever getting sleep, then maybe you're never losing that extra. Breathing is the reason, so you're just laying in bed and breathing. That's why when we talk about how many calories you should be eating, and we're telling people that 1,200 calories is not enough, Because most people, like your, if you understand what your BMR is, your BMR is the base amount of calories that you need to simply lay in bed and breathe. And like we just talked about, breathing not only is causing your body to lose water, but it uses up calories. So you need calories just to lay in bed and breathe. So if you don't know what your BMR is, I can pretty much guarantee you that most people is well above 1,200 calories. If you don't know what yours is, go to my website, it's eatmoretoweightless.com or EM2WL.com and go to the weight loss calculator and it's going to show you your numbers. It's going to show you what you need just for bed rest calories. It's going to show you what you need to maintain. Like once you figure in like, okay, I get up and I walk around and brush my teeth and do all these things. You need more than BMR once you start doing all those things. And then if you're trying to lose weight and you're working out how much it would be there. So people don't realize like they are not eating enough. Okay, tangent, squirrel tangent about eating enough calories because I always gotta sneak that one in there. The recap was that scale weight is affected by the time of day, week, month, the type of workouts that you did, The day before, if you did lifting or hit, you're going to have a jumpy scale. If you just finished sweating, your clothes that you're wearing, clothes or shoes, the amount of carbs you had uh, the day before or right before your um, weigh in, your uh, excess sodium, foods that take a lot of time to digest, uh, foods that stay in your belly. Um, sleeping, which was one that we just discussed. If you're sleeping, you are losing water. So you're always going to weigh a little bit less when you wake up in the morning. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and make sure you keep in touch. So whether that's through DMs or email. I would love to know what you felt about this episode or if you have topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can DM me on Facebook at EM2WL or over on Instagram at Eat More 2 Wayless or via email at info at eatmore Wayless.com. If you're completely new to the Eat More to Weigh less process, you can also grab our quick start guide at eatmore to less dot com slash start. See you next time.